the exciting, dangerous world of James Bond has arrived in Los Angeles. The Peterson Automotive Museum invites you to experience the cinematic legacy of over 30 iconic vehicles of James Bond in the new exhibition, Bond in Motion. This new Bond exhibition features the largest official collection of 007 vehicles in the United States, including the 1977 Lotus Esprit S1 submarine and No Time to Die Aston Martin DB5. Plan your visit today at peterson.org backslash bond. That's P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N dot org backslash bond. You're listening to Rogue Agents, episode 19, featuring Ian Fleming's James Bond, 007 Case Files, Money Penny. episode of the Rogue Agents Podcast, a part of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast channel, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I'm your host, Agent Delvin, aka Dark Web, and joining me as co-agents and telling me what the most 007 thing that they have done since last episode is Jared Albrecht, aka the Yard Sale Artist, also known as Death Pro. What's up, Jared? Hey, man. What's the most Bond-like thing I've done since last episode? I could lie and say by the time this is dropped, <laughs> we'll have been in and amongst a ton of James Bond vehicles at the Bond in Motion exhibit at the Peterson Automotive Museum. By the time you hear this, we'll have already been there and done that and had a wonderful time. So I could lie and say that. And I yeah. will. That's it. <laughs> Fair enough. It works. Jason, it could work for you, too, but I'm interested to see what you have to say. Welcome to the show, Jason Albrecht, a.k.a. the Weasel Skull himself. Thank you, Delvin. Yeah, like that brother of mine, I could also lie and talk about going to the museum and uh, having a good time with you guys in and amongst the James Bond vehicles. But I'm going to go a step further into the future and say how I alluded Capture and imprisonment as I stole artifacts from the James Bond Emotion <laughs> Museum. <laughs> I'm gonna have like the cigarette lighter from the Aston Martin in my pocket, altimeter uh, from Little Nelly, Little Nelly. Yeah, right. little hang glider from the boat from the Moonraker. So I'm gonna make my escape actually, I'm just gonna hang glide down the street. <laughs> I get the feeling that by the time you got to the door, there'd just be some burly guard there just like, <clears throat> with his hand out like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling. You're, you're probably. You think you're the first person to steal stuff from us, son? <laughs> no, come on. You're Jason, if you just in the zone going, bop, 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 I'd be doing the Sean Connery against Odd Job, you know, trying to get around him. <laughs> <laughs> something overhead crab so you can do butt kicks of doom. Ah. He's actually got the song on a cassette tape like Necros where he's just listening to it. And just... Where has 
your car gone. We're off the rails and we haven't got to the introduction. <laughs> oh, oh, only two people in out of four. Let's get to the third. It's Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Chris Tato. And unfortunately, I know you don't have the story that the first two have. So what other 007 type thing do you have going on in your life right now? Well, you know, that's true. I don't have the stories to tell that the others had. So I guess, you know, I've been watching a lot of detective movies. So, you know, James Bond's a detective-y kind of guy. You know, he, he studies the area looks at things to figure out what's going on kind of like in this issue as well. So been watching a lot of detective movies trying to figure out who's done it before they've done it or why they've done it. Give us one very quickly. Give us one detective movie that you've seen recently. I recently, me and my wife, we recently saw uh, death on the Nile. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. It was actually very good. And with the actors as well, can't go wrong. That was good, and we watched a lot of uh, Murder, She Wrote. Mm. You know me, guys. I'm, I'm a, I like the Murder, She Wrote. And we also know you because you gave two, and I asked for one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give a third, but now I'm not going to give That will give me just enough time to mention, if I had to mention something, 007E, I've probably talked to you guys a time or two about doing the 75 Heart Challenge, and a part of that is you have to read at least 10 pages out of a book. The book that I picked up most recently is by David Goggins called Can't Hurt Me. Just reading about this dude's childhood, I, I feel like I've been plunged into like a 007 origin story myself because that dude went through some S, man. Just crazy intense. And I'll just leave mm. it at that. It's been a very good book so far. I'm about 60 some odd pages in. So good read so far. But... Lest we not forget, we have a guest to the show. He is a fan of the show, and for some reason, he's a fan of ours. We'll try and get him straightened out on that later. But for now, let's introduce and give a warm welcome to James. Hi. Yeah, that's close enough. It's it's been mispronounced (laughs) so many ways that it doesn't matter. So, (laughs) McLaughlin, McLaughlin, it's all the same. Okay. But the most Bond thing I've done recently, which coincidentally was I actually went to the Bond in Motion exhibit. There was some kerfuffle happening by the door, and I was able to make off with Roger Moore's reversible hat from the beginning of Octopussy. I <laughs> put it in my pocket. So I, I, got a good, I got a good new hat from that exhibit. It's awesome. It's fantastic. That's I, not it's bad. Military or it's a riding cap. You know, it's, it's something good. It's got some accessories to it. Just leave something for me. That's all I'm asking. I was hoping for some, like, clown makeup or something, you know? <laughs> I didn't have the time to properly apply it. So I don't want to do it. I don't want to wait. Can I swear on this? I don't do a half-assed job. You know, That's right. Just like on this show, we don't do a half-assed show. We do a whole-ass show, right, Delvin? Absolutely. Full-assed here. Encompassing, you know, that part of the, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to curse anymore. It's mostly a family show here. I do want to ask you, James, some questions. You have to tell us what your favorite Bond film is. It's a, it's a daily fist fight between Honor Majesty's Secret Service and uh, Casino Royale. Today, I'm feeling more Honor Majesty's because it's been snowing all day. So I have that feeling of, you know, do you know where Christmas trees come from? And <laughs> I want to I ski down a slope. I will not kick any Bond movie out of bed. Even Die Another Day, which is probably my bottom of my list. If it's on, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll waste an afternoon watching this. This is fine. I'll it's take a good nap guy. through most of this movie and... Yeah, there's no bad Bond I, movie. 
I can remember being at like the first house that I shared with a bunch of my friends and just flipping through the channel on TBS. I'm like, what is this? This looks like a Bond movie. And it had some scientist run up and throw a beaker of acid on the wall. <laughs> yes. I think this is a Bond movie. And that was the first bit of that movie I saw like up until the end. I was like, wait a minute. You can't end a movie like this. What's happening? and just was hooked from then on out awesome yeah very very nice i know that the other agents are satisfied with your answer but i do have two other ones who's i mean who's your bond when you picture james bond who's the actor that you picture i mean a connery guy at heart just because it's the first one i was introduced to so that's i guess the one you you imprint on and Mm -hmm. i'd probably go connery craig more Lazenby, Dalton, Brosnan. That's all the time we have for James. So thanks for being on the show. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're fine. I'm hosting. Please stay. <laughs> you're, okay. you're comfortable. You, you're just having a ruffle. Uh, Jared's tummy feathers there. It's okay. He, 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 he will recover. It's fine. One more question. What is your Bond song? Out of all the movies, you got quite the catalog to choose from what is your favorite bond song lately it's been diamonds are forever just when the uh the bass guitar riff kicks in on the second chorus and then like really starts rocking on that third it's uh mm-hmm. it's it's oh it's such a good time or uh bond 77 that theme just makes you want to do like a scheme just pretend you're going down the slopes you're having a good time disco music kicks in it's ah get you going well, you got us going, James. We appreciate it. I mean, can't wait to hear the rest of your thoughts. I do have one more question before we get to the book, and this is for the senior agents. James, you can feel free to chime in after they're done. It may have been asked before, but I, I refresh my memory. We are talking bond stuff. I, I got to know, since we are talking about Money Penny, what is your favorite Money Penny moment? I know Jason is ready for an answer already. He's always ready. So, Jason, hit me. Just because you hit me on the spot, and I recently watched Live and Let Die, the one that pops into my head is when we see her introduced to the new Roger Moore, James Bond, and the first thing she has to do is cover for a boy who's got an Italian agent stashed in his closet, and she is unflappable as ever. She... Pulls his fat out of the fire, saves him from a scolding from his boss, and still gets in that last little, or should I say, ciao, Bello, <laughs> before, she, <laughs> before she leaves. That, ah, mwah, perfect. Love that Lois Maxwell, Miss Money Penny. Very nice. We'll go from a senior agent to a more junior agent and Pat. Pat, what's your Money Penny moment, sir? Boy, that's a tough one because. That one that Jason just said was very good as well. As I'm thinking back of Money Penny moments, I'm going to go have to go with the newer Money Penny that we're going to read about. And I like the action y of Money Penny. So I like a lot of her, her action ones in this yeah. one, especially when she's, you know, she's going after James at that one time. So absolutely. Jared, I made you wait, man. I made you wait, but now's your time. First of all, I'm very proud of you for asking this question. This is an excellent question. And it's going to lead into some thoughts I have on the comic later. So I'll be able to tie all this together. But to answer your question, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, when he resigns or thinks he resigns. <laughs> and, yes, yes. And she changes it to a leave request. And then Bond's like, what would I do without you? And then as soon as he's gone, M's like, what would I do without you? Thank you. 
And I am going to talk about that tonight. So great question. And I'm glad I got to glow over that moment one more time. And I'm glad you got to say it before me, because that was the moment I was thinking of. It just proves how indispensable she is. In just a few strokes of a pen, she had that much power. Freaking fantastic. James, do you have an opinion on this, my good friend? Well, the first one with Lois Maxwell covering for the Roger Moore James Bond. I think she more saved that young woman's life because M would have just had her executed on the spot. And then, like, they had to do a cleanup crew. She just did not want to deal with that. That's (laughs) why she covered. I'm tired of being on brain detail. Every time I'm on brain detail. Why? But, I mean, I'm disappointed that none of you said the VR training at the end of Die Another Day for the best money penny money. Oh, that was good. Come on. She gets a great great gag to go out on on a movie that is really wacky. I thought I'll get my vote just to be fun and throw the bras in there or some love. It's just that little, she has to button up real quick is what sells that moment. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> and it also makes me disappointed we didn't get more uh, John Cleese's cue. I kind of wish yeah. that would have carried yeah. through, but I don't want to break format, but I am hoping that in the next Bond iteration, they just carry over the M money penny cue, much like they did with more and just kind of keep that tradition going where it's, Still part of the timeline, but not really, and it doesn't really matter. I know our lads would have thoughts on that. Jason, go back on mute. I'm staring at you. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Otherwise, this this might be a two-hour show, and it would ruin my excellent seg of Money Penny is obviously super indispensable and a great character, which is why they made a book about her in the first place. And... With that, we should get to our rogue subject for this issue. It is James Bond 007 Money Penny from Dynamite Comics. The book title is Money Penny, the publisher, Dynamite Comics, published in August 2017. Writer was Jody Hauser, artist Jacob Edgar, colorist was Deerbla Kelly, letterer was Simon Boland, and editor was Joseph Rybrandt, Matt Humphreys, and if I crack open the book very quickly, Nate Cosby. He was also editor as well. Quick plot description, and thank you to comicbookroundup.com for this quick description. A never-before-told mission starring Moneypenny, friend of James Bond, former MI6 field agent and bodyguard of M. On a routine protection mission, Moneypenny discovers a complicated assassination plot that bears a startling resemblance to a terrorist attack from her childhood. Can she call upon her secret agent skills to stop the plot? We're about to find out, but first, we gotta know whether this is a first read or reread for the crew. We'll start with James. Oh, first read. This is the first comic book I've read in a couple of years that wasn't one I read as a kid that I've just reread. Excellent. Over the past few years. Excellent. Jared. Oh, reread. Yeah, definitely a reread. Got it uh, when I subscribed to the book. Then I got it again in hardcover. I read a lot of Bond comics. No further questions. <laughs> Absolutely not. For me, first read myself, Pat. I'm with you, Delvin. It was a first read for me as well. And Jason? Uh, it's a reread. I got it from the subscription. I got it as a hardcover, and I read a lot of Bond books. Can I ask you further <laughs> questions, though? <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about some highs and lows from the book i think we're gonna have a pretty lively discussion pat you want to start us off 
I was really not sure what was going to happen in this book. But then once I started reading it, man, I was just turning the pages, turning the pages. This was a great read, and I want more. I want more money penny stories. I want more of the action in here. What I really liked, and just quickly highlight, is the art in this. Probably the concept that was used of as you're looking around in the rooms, it either goes red with the exits or like gun and this place like that. I'm like, it shows her thinking. And I thought that was a really cool idea. Excellent attention to detail, Pat, which of course I didn't notice, obviously. Let's go to James. <laughs> James, what's your first round higher low? I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a, a cool story for a character that I've seen in more recent years become more a more active uh, field agent type character as opposed to the office worker that Lois Maxwell was. Uh, and I really enjoyed the agent vision that she gets fun, like seeing the exits, mm-hmm. seeing people weapons. And just that's how she looks at the world now because of her training and because of what the world has made her. I thought it was pretty cool. And it makes me want to see a version of this comic that is Lois Maxwell doing it and like dressed like she is in Diamonds Are Forever, where she's at the, the ticket agent at the uh, mm-hmm. hydrofoil or not the hydrofoil, but uh, why can't I think of that thing? Delvin plates and Jackie Chan fights on it. And <laughs> the a- hovercraft. Why can't I think of the- Thank you very much. Hovercraft. It's I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, sit down now. <laughs> I can't think of the word hovercraft. Oh, I gotta yes. chip in. I gotta chip in, James. If you want to check work. out, and this is basically a dare. A, a movie called OK Connery or Operation Kid no, Brother. No, or Operation, Operation, Kid, Brother. Seen Operation Kid Brother. I've, okay. I've seen that one. Okay, well, Lois Maxwell lays fools out with like a machine gun and a flamethrower, I want to say, in that movie. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of this. Like, <laughs> that was awesome. See. Like in an official Bond capacity. This is too I mean, I guess that one counts. They're fighting a thunder ball in that, so I'm a big Operation Kid Brother fan. Nice. Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm trying. I try my best to forget that I ever watched that movie. Uh, we're talking money pity here, folks. Uh, let's let's stick to that subject. <laughs> and let's go to Jason. Jason, what's your first round, high or low? I'll keep the high going. I think this is a good take on Money Penny. We've kind of seen it in the Craig era Bonds, where Money Penny is a bit more woman of action than you know the desk bound assistant that we grew up with. For those of us who are of a certain age, which is most of us in this virtual room right now, it's a faithful representation of what we've kind of come to see on the big screen brought to the comic book. And I like that. It made it an easy transition and a believable transition for me to see her not just being an administrative assistant, but actually showing the training that she went through. Like Pat mentioned, the observational skills and the action elements of the book, I thought it was just a really smooth translation from the big screen money penny of the Craig era to the comic book series. Jared, I know you can pick up off of that. And just as a quick note, if anyone enjoyed Operation Kid Brother, more power to you. Everything is somebody's favorite to you, Jared. Okay, Delvinine. Well, guys, I'm going to be that guy. I got two knocks on this book and I'm going to knock my knocks, my negatives on it in round one come back with glowing praise in round two because I really do like this book. Here's my two problems with it. Problem number one, this book, when you pick up this book now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, you're going to read it and you're going to go, yep, this is 2017. And why are you going to do that? The writer puts in this really kind of ham-handed scene from Money Penny's childhood where she's talking with a Muslim girl who's kind of being bullied by this other girl. 
and it just sticks out like a sore thumb. It says this is 2017 when those llama phobia. I know we don't get into a lot of deep topics here, so I'm not going to go too deep, not picking sides. Just saying that was like on a lot of people's minds. And so normally, like I wouldn't even really have an issue with the scene, but it honestly, guys, I think it's poorly written. These kids look like they're eight or nine years old. I've had a couple of kids. Kids do not talk this way. This is the writer putting their opinion in the book. And I found it to be distracting. Not terribly. Again, I got glowing things to say about the book overall, but it just part bugs me. We kind of picked on Solstice for doing something a little similar. And I said, fair is fair. I think we had the writer who just felt the urge to inject themselves a little bit in the book. Eh, it just kind of dates the book overall. Now, having gotten that bit of the heaviness out of the way, the other thing... I think it was service, just to be clear. Service. Oh, what did I say? Solstice. Oh, my bad. I did totally mean service. I'm sorry. Yes, 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 yes. The other thing, and Jason kind of put it in a a better wrapper, in a positive wrapper, and I don't... And again, I like this book a lot. I will extol its virtues later. But this is very much a Daniel Craig era money penny book. I mean, she's kind of more modeled after that actress, and it's more in that realm. And a part of that kind of makes me sad a little bit where i'm going with this is it seems like the writer of this and of the bond franchise has made what i think might be a misstep and i'd be interested in other people's opinions because we go either way on this but the misstep that i see is they try to make money penny cooler by making her more like james i mean she's more action oriented she's a spy she's a harder edge she doesn't crack the joke she doesn't have time for frivolity you know more of a harder edge. You try to make her cool by making her more like James. But I posed you this question, fellas. We just extolled the virtues of Lois Maxwell. Did she seem weak? Did she seem incapable just because of where she were? Absolutely not. The beautiful part about sticking with a more Lois Maxwell-y format is she has a skill set that James doesn't. She has a skill set that M doesn't. She gets people. She reads people. She t- makes bad situations into victories. That's where I just feel the tone overall, not necessarily picking on the comic, but maybe even the Craig era of money. Penny. We got to make her action oriented. So she's more like James. She doesn't need to be more like James to be cool. That's the summary of what I'm saying. She needs to be more like she is. She has her own very cool, memorable, unique skill set. So those are my heavier thoughts on this. Feel free to weigh in on how you think about money. Penny. Uh, if maybe I'm off base, but I guarantee you in round two, I'm going to glow this book right up again. Does anyone have anything to add to Jared's comments specifically? I think there was a pretty good balance between her intellectual skills and her action skills in this. You're right. I, would I like to see Lois Maxwell in this? I think when I was reading it, I pictured Lois a little bit going through the agency, kind of moving up through that and having those skills. But she was really needed for that intellectual skill that she has. And that's why she was picked to be for him. That's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. But I, I see your point as well, too. Yeah, I think to your first point about it being date stamped with that 2017, I kind of agree with you. I mean, again, without going into my own personal politics on it, which, you know, doesn't belong in the show. That aside, it just didn't feel like it was germane to the story. To me, if it had tied into the story in some way, shape or form, I might think differently about it. But to me, it did feel sort of like, let me cram this in here without it linking to any essential part of the story. Maybe I missed something, but that was my feeling there. 
think the money penny thing's probably a little more it's a little more complicated because number one, it's you know, it was an era where we grew up where Lois Maxwell was my money penny. I adored her, still adore her. I think she could match wits with anybody in any century at any time. <laughs> She's yeah. you know. But I, I do think that it is important to some degree, you know, with a new generation of Bond fans, both men and women watching James Bond on the screen, to have people that look like them represent them to some degree and to really uh, expand the universe a little bit. So I like what they're trying to do with the Money Penny, both in the new Bonds and in the comic book here, to make her both a person of action and a person of great support and reliability, somebody that Bond and M can rely on. For me personally, it's taken some getting used to. Um, it's taken some growth. Because you all know for me, Millennial Q was not my, not my face. Sure. I made a couple. I mean, I, I was okay with Money Penny. It was Millennial Q that just had me stewing. But oh, I didn't notice that. Okay, maybe I was too subtle about it. But I, just, <laughs> I just want to say, do, do not like Millennial Q. <laughs> uh, but the last movie, you know, the the No Time to Die movie kind of made me change that. And I started looking at them more as as a team, not just the woman who, who supports him and supports Bond and the guy that gives Bond his gadgets. I started seeing them coming together as a team. And to maybe tie it back a little bit to your perspective, Jared, or your favorite point of view, I started looking at them how they were in a license to kill, you know, where they're actually out there helping bond and putting things on the line for bond. So I think it's just really the dynamics changed. And you know, what was that Kirk said? How does history get past men like me? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm set in my ways. This is the way I like it. And so it's taken a little getting used to for me. I want to clarify one thing. If I most misspoke, I have no problem with her design or her look. I love the actress who plays the new money penny. To me, I just feel like they're trying to push her more into the action role where she already has her strengths, you know? That was all I was saying. Delvin, you've got thoughts? You've got thoughts. I would rather hear James's. James has been very patient. I don't mind. I enjoy listening to people talk about Money Penny. I always assumed Lois Maxwell was like like secretly the badass. Like in Goldfinger, the the old lady who's whips out a machine gun and starts <laughs> shooting at Bond. That's Goldfinger's Money Penny. Her job is to be there at the gate. And if, like, <laughs> underneath Money Penny's desk, she's got a sawed off shotgun or a Thompson that she's ready to whip out just in case stuff goes sideways. But that was just ne- never anything she needed to do. So that was kind of, uh, she, she just fair. had the secretary role. But also because of being like the old guard who came up through or obviously inspired, inspired by the World War II figures that, like, no, she probably was in the RAF at some point and did do these things and just, got really good at being like, yeah, I know how to read these people to word what I'm going to say to get them to be like, oh, this is my idea. I'm going to say, yeah, I wanted (laughs) to send Bond to do this. Just knew how to do that and manipulate people in that way. So she had that skill set, and that's what they used her for more, was to be like the charmer and to kind of be a softening bit to M's rage, or, or also just to polish that amazing double quilted leather door <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, of those doors, I won't, yeah that but um 
I definitely felt it's it's definitely a post two thousands money penny story. It sets it in that era, but that's kind of the the age of people it's going for people who are bond fans of this bond now. And that's, that's how you got to hook them in. And then you get curious and you go back and see what else is there. And my first was Goldfinger, And then I eventually realized, Oh wait, my parents took me to go see this bond movie with this Timothy Dalton guy. That's, that's the same guy. I filled in the gaps in between. So you just gotta, you gotta get in that one little taste and hook them in there. So I, I, I like the art style of this. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. <laughs> I, I think what you said was well said, James, and and uh, you've definitely given me uh, a bit of a fresh perspective, and I like that. I, I think you said it really well, and uh, and I appreciate your thoughts. The only thing I'll add is, speaking of uh, the story in itself, story went back and forth between then and now, and a lot of the things that happened then were showing you different facets of things that make up who this money penny is particularly talking about the scene where I thought that the other uh, young woman may have been of Asian descent because they mentioned that, uh, but I don't know. It doesn't matter necessarily, but the point that I got from it was that Money Penny had an opportunity to protect someone who was being bullied and she didn't live up to her responsibilities on that. And so I thought it was a pretty necessary part of it, particularly given that her role now is absolutely to defend, not a defenseless person in him, but absolutely to bolster him up and help him out in every way in a very unique and special role. That goes into talking about the role that Money Penny plays into the movies. The role that she plays in the movies, yeah, we saw her behind the desk, but what they did now is add that element to it. That, yep, she was an active agent, but she was such an indispensable role that basically the number one person in MI6 said, I want you by my side at all times. And so, yes, that does mean that you're going to have to take a step back from the double O duties or the agent duties. But the role that I'm giving you is an even more important role, like not only just overall speaking, but to me in particular. That's my thoughts on the whole thing. Appreciate your indulgence on that. And we will move on to the second round of highs and lows. And we'll start once again with Pat. Oh boy. I I don't know if I can add anything more from what everybody else has talked about. Just uh, Delvin, you, you then just said it very nicely about the more characterization that was done in this for money penny. It makes me appreciate, it doesn't matter what version of money penny it is. It just makes me appreciate her more. And I have a question for the people that have read the novels. Is there a money penny in the novels that sticks out? Does she get characterized more? The money penny that we know in the movies, starting with Lois Maxwell, is kind of an amalgamation, I think, of the money penny from the novels and Goodnight, who is Bond's personal secretary. I think the screen characters kind of combined those two characters, and that's what we see on the screen. Now, I will say that in the James Bond role-playing game, if you read the history of Money Penny, interestingly, one of the reasons why M is so loyal to her is because early on when she was serving as his secretary, an assassin got through security and was going to kill M, and Money Penny ended up 
dropping that fool like a bad habit with a service revolver. So there definitely is a person of action going back to the written origins of Bond, if that's helpful at all. It is. It is. I'm really intrigued. This story just has me more interested in finding out more background on Moneypenny. I just want to put it out there that there's a, a book called The Moneypenny Diaries that you can get out there. It's She gets her own you know, basically novel or set of short stories. It's been a while since I I think it's a set of short stories. I've been wrong before, but Money Moneypenny Diaries is a book you can get if you want more Moneypenny Adventures. James, go ahead with your round two. I kind of really enjoyed how uh, uh, Moneypenny assesses the situation, moves the people to the courtyard, and then tells them to wait, and then gets to higher ground and just kind of takes out all of the targets very quickly. Like, she does this very efficiently. And it makes me appreciate more that tying this Moneypenny to the current Craig Moneypenny, how much of her, oh my God, I accidentally shot James Bond while trying to, like, I'm a very good shot, and I can normally hit this guy. But on this time, I shot the guy who I'm not supposed to shoot. How that would affect her as an agent and maybe shake her faith in herself a little bit and push her more towards the I'm helping him in this very important role that is less. I have a gun shoot stuff, but yeah, is so important to getting everything running and making sure things work and making sure when James is going rogue and acting stupid M just goes, what's happening? Oh, he's on leave for this week. Sure. Uh, whatever, like mixing those things in. Nice. Thanks for that, James. Jason? I kind of have a what the question. I wasn't sure. There seemed to be three people who were kind of quasi-security guards assigned that were so useless that I couldn't quite figure out were they secret service? or It's like M had the number one pick in the draft and the number 13, 14, and 15 pick in the draft. (laughs) You're M. Couldn't you have gotten some people that knew what they were doing on this assignment? I guess it's kind of a what the, maybe I missed something in there, but it seemed kind of weird to have a four-person security team of which only one person knows what they're doing. I mean, you work a government job, right? I do. Yeah. Fair point. I'm just going to let the rest of that joke finish. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can connect the dots. Sort of I think in this case, it was a writer's tool to make her stand out more. But yeah, fair point. <laughs> fair point. Yeah. James, what were you going to say? I read it as these are all these agents being kind of tested in the field with these are real bad guys with real bullets and they will kill you. And that out of the, the four-person detail, Moneypenny is the one who reacts the way that would warrant further pushing towards a double-O thing where, like, she snaps into action, she knows what to do. The other ones are just kind of like, we're in survival mode. They can keep the target alive, but they're not going to shoot their way out of this situation. That it was just that she's that next step beyond what they are. That's kind of why she is Moneypenny, that Bond would have done that same thing if he was early in his service in that training detail and then go, Hey, we got a job for you. Maybe doing something else. We don't need you just garden chumps. I'll add that money penny switched more to that agent mode. Cause it's almost like it, there, there was some sense that she had that she's like, yeah, I this something, something's a little bit off. So I'm going to be more agent here as opposed to being just attache or executive assistant or secretary or whatever you want to call it. She switched to that mode and those other three, they just never quite got it. It's like, oh, this is going to be a cush job. And she had that sense going that it wasn't just going to be a cush job. 
then we will let Jared wrap it up. He has some good to spread to us. Well, I did. You kind of stole it. <laughs> I was going to say one of the one of the good qualities of Money Penny, no matter who who's playing Money Penny, is she's very shrewd, right? And that's what you were just saying, Dalton. Like I liked her shrewdness. You know, she was the one that was like, hey, "What time do classes get out?" It was the classic. It's a little too quiet maneuver. Too quiet, yeah. Right, but I like that because, like, I was like, "Yeah, that was really cool." Again, I was the Debbie down around one, so I'm going to be Pat here in round two and just kind of rifle off a few things. It's been mentioned before. Art's really good, really clean lines, kind of easy to follow action. It was the right artist for this book, I think. It, it played really well, flowed nicely. Like you said, clean art, really cool. We've talked a lot about Money Penny, so we kind of missed a little bit of the focus on M himself, who is once again no slouch. He's mm-hmm. he's done the M thing and and put. <laughs> I was about to say put the right people in the right places, but he put the right one person in the right place in the end of these other, other folks. But he busts out his gun. He is a good leader in that he doesn't necessarily try to take control of what he's basically saying, okay, Money Penny is clearly a step ahead of everyone here. Let me support her. Even though he's the boss and he yes, can sir. do that, he's smart enough to hold back and say, she's the step ahead here. We need to follow her lead. Yeah. And and that's just very M as we've seen him in the movies, as we've seen him in the comics. We've all kind of enjoyed M throughout this new era of comics, and he continues to be a joy. But in the end, yeah, this was an action-packed read. It's already been said before. It's worth saying again, her agent vision is awesome. That Whoever came up with that, the writer or the artist, that is a really great concept use, and it was well executed. So I know I had a lot of positive things to say, but I didn't want to be... You know, I don't know if I was Debbie Downer or just sort of motive questioner in, in round one, but I wanted to extol the virtues of this. This is uh, this was a fun read overall. Good book. Nice. Any last rounds from anyone before I move on? I mentioned I don't like Millennial Q, right? Maybe once. Okay. <laughs> now, when you say Millennial Q, do you mean this new Ben Wishaw Q or R who became Q at the turn of the millennium? <laughs> The Ben Wishlock. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're good on John yes. Cleese. We all love John we're, Cleese. We're, we're, we all we're love going. John Cleese. I have to admire Jason's restraint. So I kudos to you, Jason, for, for that. I, I know that was immense. I know it was. Kudos. <laughs> but I will move on to fun facts that I pulled from 007james.com. Always got to give credit where credit is due. Fact number one, many people have been credited for being Ian Fleming's inspiration for the Money Penny character. It's like you read my mind, Pat. In Fleming's first draft, Money Penny was originally named Miss Petty Pettaval, who was a secretary to Real World MI6 director Stuart Menzies. The name was later changed to be less obvious. The character has also been rumored to be based upon Vera Atkins, who was a secretary to quote, legendary spy master Maurice Buckman, who was Fleming's inspiration for M, among others. To date, Money Penny has been portrayed by six actresses across 21 Bond films, 14 times by Lois Maxwell, twice by Caroline Bliss, four times by Samantha Bond, and once each by Barbara Boucher, Pamela Salem, and Naomi Harris. Obviously, it's not fully up to date, but Still, six people have played Money Penny, an absolutely indispensable character. I think we all agree, but it is time to rate this book. 
just as a reminder of the rating system, seven means you loved it. It shook your martini. Six, excellent. Five, very good. Four, good. Three, just okay. Two, not so good. And one, you hated it. It stirred your martini, which, I mean, really is gross, and I don't even want to talk about it anymore. We will start the ratings with our guest, James. James, what would you rate Money Penny? I'd give this a, a 005. This is a good read, good time. It was a quick read. I will admit right now, I did not realize they were guarding M that entire time. So thank you guys for pointing that out to me. I uh, feel a little silly for not noticing that. While I have before briefly, I will throw some love to Samantha Bond, always being quick with a drink and a quip, especially in Tomorrow Never Dies. And that scene where they're in the back of the limo discussing the entire trip. Ah, great money, Penny stuff. Great. Thank you for that, James. Five martinis. Please get home safely. Jared, what would you rate? This is a two at best. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Some of our listeners probably believe me after that rant I went on round one. (laughs) No, No, I'm going to be right there with James. I was thinking five martinis on this one. This is a a good book. Like I said, I, I asked some challenging questions in round one. And I do think I would have probably bumped it to maybe even a six. I still feel like that schoolyard scene was a little ham-handed. Or, Delvin, you gave me something to think about in your comments. I hate giving you credit for stuff like that. But you gave me <laughs> It bothers me. If they had written it a little older, if they'd been maybe in high school, but the, it, it just bugs me that kids don't talk this way. So I feel like it would have gone a little higher. But I, we all know Five Martinis, that's a good book. It's got a lot of great action, great art a new perspective on money penny that James helped me see with his comments too. So uh, that's why I like doing the show. You know, I kind of get, mm-hmm. get set in my old ways and you guys give me new perspectives. So that makes me happy that we do this. Pat, I'm going to give it six. I liked it. I thought it was excellent. It definitely gave me more character on many punny. I would like to read more of her. I like the action and I like her intelligence in this. I agree with that. And as a quick aside, man, if there ever were a time, like, I mean, they've done like Star Wars movies like Rogue One and stuff. If they ever did a James Bond money penny movie, I think oh, I, it could do amazing. I would, I would, right now. Even if they did just like a little TV series of just some money penny with Naomi in this, man, that would be. Fun oh, like to take see. that money penny diaries book and, and. Oh, yeah. Let her do yeah. that. That'd be cool. I Just mean, do a, a little a, Netflix a, series or something. I, I mean, you know that the Broccoli family will be like, uh, hey, 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 <laughs> give me that money. I'm, I'm <laughs> sidetracking myself, and I shouldn't do that. No, I, I'm supposed to talk about it. this fake movie some more. <laughs> I want to talk about this fake movie. I want to produce this fake no. movie. And then you know who she goes against? Silver Hand. Stop it. Jason, what would you rate Money Penny? One to seven. I'm going to jump aboard the five train. I think it rates about that. It's a good story. I thought the backstory was just, it just didn't really feel right. And I think it kind of took away pages that I think could have been used in the contemporary story a little bit, just my kind of personal preference, but overall well-written, well-drawn and and I enjoyed it. I will rate the book six martinis. And there are two scenes that stood out. That scene where she just laid everybody out when she got the higher ground. It's like, yep, this is what I needed. (laughs) Done. Let's end this quickly and decisively. That was beautiful. And then at the end, 
where M just thanks her and just reminds us all of how indispensable and how wonderful a character that M was. That made me smile brightly and that gives it a six martinis. That plus, I don't know who the art director of uh, Dynamite Comics is, but Dynamite Comics, they have that feel. Every Bond book I've read, it's been drawn by different people, but it has that feel where the lines are clear. You can clearly see what action's going on, which is just is paramount for books like this. Just a fantastic, well-done story. So I give it a six. And Jared, do you have something to add, sir, sir? I do. I just wanted to point out that if you do pick up the James Bond 007 case files, which is the dynamite hardcover that has this story, and I think all the stories Delvin's brought to the show, I think this rounds out the case files book for us. Um, This one also has bonus material in the back about Money Penny. And one of the cooler things is there's a page where they point out to you on certain page and panels some real subtleties that the writer put in there that you might have missed on your first read that kind of give you some clues as to what's going on, some real subtle stuff. And it's all laid out in the bonus material. So if you're into that kind of stuff, check out the hard game. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Jared. And that's the show. As a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can send us your questions, comments, or trivia challenges to ohmspod at outlook.com or over on Twitter on our page at ohmspod. If you like, you can even use the email as a reminder, that's ohmspod at outlook.com to send us an audio recording of your question or comment, and we might even play it on the show. Please try to keep your audio file to around 30 seconds or less, and we would love to hear from you and make you a part of the show. Also, if you're an iTunes listener, we greatly appreciate it if you left the review for the show. That will help raise the show's profile to attract more of the 007 family to this program. As a reward for leaving a review, we will read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rogue Agents. I want to thank all the lads for joining me on this episode, especially to James uh, for coming along. Thanks, dude. We appreciate your patience with us and all your great insights. Thank you for having me. And where can we find you out on the internet? I'm on Twitter. That's about it. It's at, uh, I think, McLaughlin 83 That's the only place I'm really at. Jason, where can you be found? Uh, you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Pat. Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared? I am at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my wares, of which I do have some James Bond art at www.theyardsaleartist.com. I'm pulling the latest pat ever. I can't believe we didn't talk about the cover. Is that not a great cover? Like, that is a really good drawing of Money Penny. It, it almost evokes of like Pam Greerish like sexy and tough all at the same time. Just it's wonderfully drawn. You're about to get me started talking about Pam Greer, but yes, apologies <laughs> for not uh, talking about the cover. The color yeah. work is great. Like every mm-hmm. facet of it is really, really good. The cover is by Tula Lote. Fantastic yeah. cover. Tula knows how to draw some man. eyes. Look at those eyes. Just the eyes are great. I mean, ah, anyway, the eyes cover. have it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed this episode of MI6 Rogue Agents. If you've enjoyed this crew and want to hear more from them, but in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can I be found? 
Well, Dylan, I'm glad you asked. You can find the Longbox Crusade at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Delvin. Thank you to the fellows for joining us on yet another dangerous mission. Thanks to the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or comment on this or any other episodes, feel free to contact the show on Twitter at OHMSPod or email us at OHMSPod at Outlook.com. We hope to hear from you soon. The next episode of MI6 Rogue Agents will feature Jared's Choice, but on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, we'll return. This episode features the James Bond GoldenEye 007 Trap Remix by The Whittler. And I still hate Millennial Q. That is all. What was the last part? I don't that. think we. I know we didn't catch the last part. What is Jared? <laughs> can I? I am worried. The boy. <laughs> no, you cannot. The guest <laughs> asked. The guest asked. No, there's no. episodes on no. episodes on that. I will mute you all. <laughs>